Pizza Noir by Denver Day, Book 2, Chapter 10. Foul hook. After his meal, Smith drove home to his last night of sleep before his caseload became the stuff of nightmare fantasy. By 8 Friday morning, he, Detective Thompson, and Coroner Thompson were southbound for the Thurston County Coroner's Office. Both detectives took their own cars. In case one of us gets eaten by a shark, Detective Thompson worried. Dixie rode with Smith. When they arrived, Wallace was there waiting for them and ordered coffee. All declined except Detective Thompson. Coroner Thompson, Thurston County Pier, was a man named Ben Jones in his mid-forties with curly gray and burgundy beard. He walked him back to the matter at hand. On one table was the she-wolf creature and on another was the shark. It's the first time I've ever autopsy to shark, Jones confessed. Sharktopsy, echoed Thompson. His wife snickered. Jones proceeded with his presentation. Specifically, what killed the great white was not the axe in its throat, or rather it only did so indirectly, inasmuch as the axe was the lure that brought the fish from its water when it, when it drowned in the dry air. Jones said, but by who and with what line, I don't think we know, he added, gesturing toward Wallace. And we don't, he's right, Wallace offered. Somebody must have hauled her out of the ocean with that axe, but I don't know how you get a shark or anything else to swallow an axe. Uh, by its own volition, it's an unbaited hook. Trumping that mystery, though, is this, of course. What the fish ate before the axe, Jones went on. This animal lost her top and one of her canvas high tops. And into her black and pink and very waterlogged skirts is clearly stitched the word fire pie here. See, Jones pointed with his pen. We know her, Detective Thompson said, so to speak. She killed the last person who attempted to autopsy her down in Alameda County after they fished the whole Chino Wheel Beavers women's roller derby team out of the San Francisco Bay. And their team bus, a tired ambulance, all drowned like wet rats, 20 girls. But this one was the only one they found to be weird and hairy like this at first. <clears throat> anyway, after she woke up from the dead and mauled the, the coroner's deputy, she ran off. Everyone unloaded their clips into her and on her way out. They trailed her to where she had jumped back into the bay later that week. The rest of the team disappeared from the morgue. And on Saturday night, they all showed up in furry zombie lady glory in the parking lot after the derby match between Riddick Comer, Davy Jones Richards, and the Seattle Platinum Switches. We killed four of them, and they killed seven people, civilians, all of who are in our freezer even as we speak. I don't know if this fire pie was there Saturday night or not, or if she made it up the coast by sea or just arrived up here later this week anyway. These monstrous bitches not only capriciously come back from the dead, but they can make old beat-up waterlogged ambulances turn over and run, too. Now that's black magic. Warily smiled Wallace. So for starters, I'd say bind her hands and feet. I'd say do it now, Detective Thompson said. A stitch in time saves many, and so too might the rope here. Jones nodded and ordered one of his staff to bring some rope. 
short time later, the thing was securely bound, as far as they could tell, just in case. Dixie spoke next. There are five wolf lady specimens. Ricky's four from Saturday night, and the one who was originally in our freezer as a plain regular human corpse are human women, or former human women anyway, whose canine evolutionary traits seem to have been suddenly hyper-accentuated, like they've gone through some evolutionary retrofitting instantaneously, whatever is happening to them somehow disproportionately emphasizes certain latent or dormant embedded genomes and phenomes. The, the chemicals I had embalmed the first one with during her first autopsy when she was still normal physically and human, though dead, were not there when she returned as a werewolf creature, though I did find a new cheeseburger in her gut, she said, but under her fur, my previous forensic marks were, are still visible in her tattoos, too. We think she might have transformed during sex, but the greater mystery there is how did she come back from the dead to begin with. And I'm sorry, I can't answer that for you, Mr. Jones. I'd like to say burn both of those things, the shark and the wolf monster, Detective Thompson said, like we did with that drowned undead ambulance uh, that wound up in our tow lot. And Dixie... It's probably due time for us to incinerate ours as well. I think they're probably less likely to return yet again if there is nothing left but ashes. We should have put them in that ambulance before we torched it. Jones and Wallace thanked Thompson and Thompson for their input regarding their own experience on the mysterious issue. Coroners Thompson and Jones exchanged some technical and scientific conversation and paperwork regarding the matter. Wallace and Smith switched the subject over to the Santos and Wells cases, and the group all had a look at Wells' piecemeal remains before leaving. I talked to Wells' bandmates and passively invited them to the Saturday's wake. The, the Kelly Sammys bartender told me that Santos's memorial will largely involve people drinking at that tavern. Did you get anything new? Smith asked. No. Wallace answered. I plan to staff that funeral, though. Do you think we should burn this shark and this big weird wolf monkey thing? Really? Well, I don't know. I guess if you want to. It seems like destruction of perfectly good evidence. But you don't want them waking up and causing additional trouble, Smith said. 